Welcome back to Aliyah Yomi. Today we're going to be learning Pinchas Shvi, the seventh and last Aliyah of Pasha's Pinchas. Our Aliyah deals with all the Karbonas on Sukkos and Shemini Atzeres. That's the topic. And it runs 29 Sukkim from Perik Chavtes Yud Beis to Perik Lamed Pasuk Aleph. And there's so much to learn. Sometimes we forget there's this part of Pinchas and we say, oh, we got to the Karbonas, it's all seen the same thing. It's really not the same thing. There's so many patterns, there's so many perspectives. Let's get a sense of what's going on here because it's extremely profound, the messages which are being um, delivered to us. So we're told that on the 15th of the seventh month is a festival upon which no work is done. That's what we call Sukkot. It's, and it's a seven-day festival. We have the Karbonas and the Karbonas work in the following way. From day one to day seven, it's 14 lambs. So it's double the amount of lambs. It's usually seven. And their respective meal offerings and libations. And a, a goat for a, a, for a chattas, for a sin offering, and two rams. That's all the same all the way through. What changes is that every day the amount of rams, of bulls, <coughs> of parim, change. It goes 13, 12, 11, 10, 9, 8, and 7 throughout the seven days of Sukkah. So each day there's a, there's a diminishing amount of bulls, which is why you'll notice that on the Kriyasa Torah, on Sukkot, the maftir changes every day because the maftir, which indicates what korbanos are being brought, is actually different on Sukkot as opposed to on Pesach, where it's the same all the way through. So, and then we finally hear about Atzeres, which is the last day where they have one bull, one ram, seven lambs, and their respective meal offerings and um, and libations, followed by a, a korban chatas, the goat for the for the kor, the, the um, sin offering. Now, a few basic questions. So why the variation? Why is it that we have to have these diminishing bulls? Rashi famously tells us that the seven, that if you count up 13 plus 12 plus 11 plus 10 plus 9 plus 8 plus 7, you'll get 70. Why? Because actually there are 70 nations. There are 70 nations in the world, and we are bringing Karbonos on Sukkot universally for those 70 nations. As an interesting aside, Rabbi Lord Jonathan Sachs, uh, Zichron Livracha, describes that in 2000 he was uh, invited to the Millennium Peace Summit with, uh, with the representatives of all the world's religions, the world's faith. There were 2,000 leaders, but he pointed out that it was actually interesting that there were exactly 70 traditions of those, of those 2,000 leaders. So it's not something of the past, there still are the 70 the, the 70 nations. So that's why we're bringing the Karbanas, we're bringing universally. Sukkot is seen as a time of universal, universalism, where <clears throat> the people come, the nations of the world come to the base of Migdash, as we see in the other, uh, in the Nevi'im, this is a time of universalism. So this is why we pray for it. But Rashi points out there's a downtrend in their power, which is why the 70 nations are diminishing in power over the time, whereas Israel, represented by the lambs, the Kavasim, are static and constant, which are not diminishing over the course of history. So that's the pattern that, that is pointed out by Rashi. Rav Shimshon Fall Hirsch takes it a little bit further, and he says the following. If you actually look at it, you'll see two sets of Karabonis paralleling each other. Instead of there being just seven lambs, like a regular Yom Tov, there's seven lambs and seven lambs, which is why they're 14. And then, they, they, instead of there being just seven, <laughs> instead of there just being two bulls, there's seven bulls and th- and six bulls, which give us the thirteen on the day, the first day. So he points out that the the metaphor of a lamb is the idea of sort of following a shepherd, the ideology of God. So in that, the nations of the world and Israel are equal; they both have the ideology of God. But a par, a bull, is action. It's about work. When it comes to work, Israel are working in seven dimensions. They're working in what we'll call even the spiritual dimension is expressing that godliness. Whereas the nations of the world are six within what we'll call the mundane world. They are, their work is shown. But over the course of history, what happens is, is the work 
of the nations of the world diminish. It goes down from 6 to 5 to 4 to 3 to 1 to 0, while Israel remains constant at 7. So we look at it as two sets paralleling each other. It's, this is a different way of looking at it. And what that as essentially means is that there still will be the ideology of God among the nations of the world, but the work done in the world towards a God ideology will predominantly be actually filtered through the nation of Israel throughout the course of history, which is why their seven bulls and seven lambs remain constant, whereas the nations of the world, their seven lambs remain constant, but their bulls diminish. That's another way of looking at it. Again, a very profound perspective into this. Why Shemini Atzerah is different? Why? Is does it only have one bull? Rashi famously says, this is the mashal, the parable of the king who is inviting all his you know, attendees and, and, uh, and people and dignitaries. And on the last day, he just wants to keep back his son and he asks his son to stay. And that's Hashem asking Israel, which is why it's a particularistic day. It's a day about Israel, not about all the rest of the nations of the world. Now, you'll notice that there are a few discrepancies in all of these different korbanos over here. Um, so Rashi famously points out that if you look at the, the, the spelling of the word niskehem or the, the nesachem, the libations, you'll notice that on day two and day six, there's a little bit of a difference in spelling yielding the remaining letters, which are mem, yud, and mem, which is the word mayim in Hebrew, because the libation of water, where water is judged on the chag, on um, Sukkot, as the mission tells us in Sukkah, and this is a time of, of, of the judgment of water. So that's one of what we'll call the spelling discrepancies between each of these days. They're not identical. They're not carbon copies of each other. There is another difference which most people don't notice as well. And that is if you read through all the seven paragraphs of the seven days of Sukkot, you'll see that the, the last pasuk, or the second last pasuk in each one is umin chasam, um, that and their, um, their meal offerings. Everyone goes, it follows the same pattern. And their meal offerings and their libations. And that's true. There's that vov, that and, in all of them except for day four and day eight, where it just says, their meal offerings and their libations. Now you say, well, it's a vov. What difference does it really matter? The answer is very much so. There's a halacha that we know that a non-Jew is allowed to bring certain karbanas. In fact, an, a, a non-Jew can bring korbanos which are accompanied by libations and meal offerings, the wine and the meal offerings. However, they are not allowed, a non-Jew is not allowed to come to the Beis Amidash just to bring a standalone libation or standalone meal offering like a Jew would be able to. It's one of the limitations in the korbanos that they can bring. Therefore, the Torah is emphasizing that it's u min chasam The libations and the meal offerings are attending to their regular korbanos because they don't have the right to bring a regular mincha and libation by themselves, except for day eight, which makes sense because that's the day represented by the nation of Israel's korban, so they can bring an independent mincha and, and, and nesach. But why day four? Why is day four also missing that vov, almost indicating that it's a day which is good for Israel more than it is the nations of the world? So the Meshachach, or Rav Meshachach, makes a very profound, um, states a very profound idea. And that is, is that there are 70 nations of the world. How many bulls are there on day four? It's the middle of all the seven days. Are 10. There are 10 bulls. He says, well, if there's 70 nations and they're found across the planet, there are, there are seven nations of the land of Israel. And there are another three nations where Shachar Baruch Hu promises uh, the, on what we'll call the Transjordan area, which in the future Hashem promises to give to the nation of Israel in the, times, in the future times, which means there are ten nations which are actually in the area, in the actual land area where Israel is going to occupy, which is going to live in. Now, why are we bringing these bulls? What is the significance of praying for other nations? Uh, the Gemara tells us on the most basic levels to pray for rain in their land. Well, if it's the rain in the land of the ten nations, the seven and the three, well, that's actually going to be our land 
So therefore, in a certain sense, we do want to pray for that because it's our own land, even though there were seven nations and three nations before us, um, all the Canaanite nations and beyond who are occupying that area, we are going to take it back to the Semitic territory, even though the Amorites took it for their territory before the times of Abraham. So with that being the case, that's why it is there's a lack of a vav on day four with those ten nations because we do pray for them as we'll call it Israel territory, not just pagan territory. And that's perhaps another perspective. That's all just from noticing two missed vavs. With this, we close the parish and see the profound perspective of even trying to understand the carbonists and the incredible messages that they carry. Have a wonderful and meaningful day.